What's up, y'all, and welcome back. I am Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd. Today, we're going to discuss Tom Swift and why you should be watching said show. Swift Enterprises has proven that the sci-fi dream of long-distance space travel is possible. I think somebody on Tom's level is definitely born a genius. It's inherited, you know, he comes from a long line of inventors. It's done. He works at Swift Enterprises, where he's the chief of special project engineering, and his father, Barton Swift, is CEO. Grow up. Be a man. What gay man doesn't have daddy issues, you know? <laughs> my sensitive ass and tailored pants are the reason you can even go on this journey at all. And my last name is the reason why you have an observatory to play with. He is very much poised to be the heir of this throne. It's very King Lear in that way. I'm not giving up my company. But just because you're capable doesn't mean that you're ready. I saw the complex video on your shoe collection. That's my chronic achievement. Not revolutionizing space travel? Doesn't everyone do that? We're a, a story and a show that's gotten past the coming out story. We've seen that before. Tom lives freely and boldly out loud in who he is. You wanna get out of here? Uh, but before getting into that, we do need to discuss the foundations of this show, and that is CW. And if you have not been living under a rock and you are a fan of CW shows, I know that you know that we know that the CW has been in their massacre era. They have been knocking down, slashing shows from left to right. Uh, for those of you who are new, I have been kind of, you know what? I'm not even going to like shy away from it. I've been a CW maybe fan not fan is not the word for it either way there was once upon a time where i was watching cw heavily um the first show that i ever reviewed as a series on this uh carefree black nerd network was riverdale i have my thoughts about that we're gonna leave that where it is but the facts of the matter is that cw was an integral part um, of some of the content in the early days of Carefree Black Nerd. Um, I have thoughts about the network as a whole, things that have been done, where they started to where they are now, audience and all that, but that may be for another time. I do want to, however, discuss all of the shows that were canceled in 2022. So, CW is one of the networks that is essentially known for a certain type of show and hate it or love it you know that type of show you know when you see that so much so that if another network puts out a show with a similar aesthetic maybe quality in writing and different stuff it's quickly pointed out oh that's this is like a cw type show that being said the cw which was created back in 2006 is a joint venture between Warner Brothers and CBS. Now, following the demise of both UPN and WB, the network has uh, yeah, changed a bit. So there are a ton of uh, superhero shows. DC has really had their foot in uh, CW. Uh, there were things like The Vampire Diaries, Jane the Virgin, and other such series. Now, this, I am not, let me see. Okay, so I did say I was a CW, I'll say fan, but that's for lack of a better word. 
And but with that being said, there were only certain shows that I watched. But you can see the cult of CW throughout social media, especially if you're on Twitter, which I am very often. And the way in which a lot of people kind of latch on to their shows, it's very it's what you want as a uh, network is what you want as uh, an actor as someone affiliated with a show because that breeds uh noise and it brings conversation and it brings um sometimes even second third fourth lives into different series and with a lot of the dc superhero stuff being over there and a lot of those shows being cut it was a blow (laughs) well i'll say a blow to the community and not even being funny um there is a lot of superhero content out there on different platforms different networks but I will say that CW was really known for having it. It was essentially I look at it as like the way Marvel handled things back in 07, 08 going forward is the way that DC handled things with um, with the CW. And I don't think that's too dramatic or too editorialized or whatnot. I think that's I would if you think so, let me know. I think that's a pretty accurate kind of summary um yeah and so after countless seasons well not countless uh what was it legends of tomorrow was axed and that was they ran from 2016 to 2022 um this was a spinoff of the flash and arrow uh this was a superhero series it was kind of on the outskirts kind of um you like superheroes, but you like wonky stuff too. Like, eh, it was, I, I never got into it. I know others did. And by no means do I want to come off as like dismissive, like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Cause I know people were fans of this show and others that I'll be listing, but it's just like, uh, I never got the appeal, but in my mind, if you've made it to seven seasons, regardless of if I like it or not, there's something there. Like, what? <laughs> Clearly, there's a fan base for it. Somebody's watching this show. Batwoman, which ran from 2019 to 2022. And, um, yeah, me and Sid Davis from the Social Introvert Podcast, we had a podcast uh, covering the first season of Batwoman. And, yeah, that was something. We didn't return for the subsequent seasons after when Ruby Rose left and Javicia Nicole came on as Ryan Wilder, I am so kind of kicking myself for not jumping into that series. I love me some Javicia. I um, first was introduced to her on Black and Sexy TV. And was it Chef Julian or was it Cupid? I think it was Chef Julian. Either way, I love her. I love her work. She's a beautiful woman. Um, And I think she is, you know, from what I saw, did a really good job as Ryan. I think I watched the first four or five episodes of season two. And it just wasn't, I just couldn't connect to it. But um, that's canceled. We have Naomi, which... Oh, I think because Ava DuVernay was attached to this and it was the newer show. And it was actually, in my opinion, one of the CW DC shows that was more in line with CW. It was very YA. It was very mixed cast in the sense that a lot of people were like racially ambiguous. Um, a lot of beautiful young people. It just To me, if you took out the superhero element and made it just a mystery... 
it wasn't any different from like a Nancy Drew except for the ages of the protagonist. That's about it. Um, that was canceled, and that unfortunately um, only ran for one season, and the cancellation came two days after the season finale, which is like, God dang. Um, Legacies, 2018-2022. That was the Vampire Diaries spinoff. Again, another show that I didn't get into, uh, but I did... I do recall seeing a lot of promo. I'll say that promo, like online and like when watching other shows, seeing that uh, the ads for this one. Uh, Dynasty, 2017 to 2022. Yeah, I was not going to touch that one. That one was never, I don't know. For me, a lot of CW shows tend to feel the exact same. And yes, this one is called Dynasty, but what makes this so different from like all others? And. I think it suffers, it being CW, suffers with some of their shows at that Tyler Perry syndrome. How Tyler Perry mentioned that he writes and directs, well, writes, we'll focus on the writing, writes all of his shows on his own. And however entertaining they are, you pretty much know what you're getting. There was a video that he put out, was it a year or two ago? Since the pandemic started, everything is running together. I think it was two years ago where he showed all of these different scripts, full seasons, full movies. And he's like, yeah, I wrote things myself, which is an achievement. Yes. But like at some point, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to bring someone on to not even necessarily take away the load, but like bring another perspective. But I guess he figured if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, but I bring him up because even though a lot of his stuff is predictable and you could say, Oh, this is very much a Tyler Perry show. <sighs> to me, it still seems a bit different than CW shows. When you get to CW shows, sometimes it feels like it comes down to the fandom. Cause if I was to watch dynasty, and then, again, let's just say Naomi without the magic. I'm sure there are differences, but a lot of this stuff looks the same. And I'll even say with Naomi. With Naomi, next to the Vampire Diaries, next to Dynasty, next to, I don't know, Legacies. Like, they, they all have a particular look that, I don't know. Uh, I'm not certain if maybe I'm not the target audience, or maybe it's, like, family-friendly or what. But it feels like free form almost like um used to be abc family now it's free form so uh, what else charmed 2018 to 2022 the new the reboot um of the 1998 series charmed it had three sisters i believe they were latina instead of white but this one how many seasons da, da, da. four four seasons <clears throat> So it's currently airing now, and I believe it ends on June 10th. That'll be the finale. But, like, my God. Um, CW, I don't know, CW is something else. Another one, Roswell, New Mexico, ran from 2019 to 2022. This is a show that... I saw so little about that I forgot. I remember seeing ads and promo for it when it was getting ready to air the first season. I was like, oh, that's something I'd be interested in. But I kid you not, until JJ, friend of the show, mentioned it to me, I completely forgot this show even existed. And I'm not going to say I've never seen any 
Promar asked for it since that first initial time, but I, nothing is memorable, and that's what I mean with these shows. It's like, ooh, man, I don't know. Uh, so that that's canceled. Uh, In the dark. Now this one actually kind of hit hard for me because I enjoyed this series In the Dark from 2019 to 2022. But see, I'm one who I never watched In the Dark week to week. I always waited until it came on Netflix and just, you know, binged it a couple episodes here and there. And I honestly, truly enjoyed that show. I'm trying to think. I know the first season I enjoyed. How many seasons is it? Da, 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 da. Is it three? Um, I don't know. But In the Dark follows uh, Murphy. This is blind woman. She's in her, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s. Works at um, this dog daycare with her parents and her best friend and it's but it's honestly really good if you haven't checked out in the dark if it's still on netflix i would say give it a watch at least watch like the first two or three episodes of season one and see if you'd be hooked in because i i love it i'm a true true crime fan though so there's that um and 4400 my god Okay, so me and Robert Jeffries uh, has, 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 <laughs> have, have not. We have a show, A Light in the Sky. It is a 4400 review covering the first series from the early 2000s. And then CW uh, came out with the 4400 reboot. And we watched that and reviewed that. You could check that live. I'll put the links for the podcast as well as the YouTube uh, live broadcasting in the show notes. So check that out. This is a show that uh, I just, we watched it, we enjoyed it, we had our critiques, had a good time tweeting and getting involved with the cast and crew. I personally feel like this show on CW was not set up to win um i don't know what's going on in the back end i don't know what's going on in the boardrooms i don't know what's going on with the finances but when me and cole jackson discussed black lightning matters that we did a full from episode one of season one to the very final episode we did interviews with some of the uh, cast we did our own reimagining episodes recasting all of that we were devoted and dedicated to that show still critiqued it down with do not be shocked if you hear us talking some mess but i bring that up because when it comes to black programming programming with predominantly black cast crew and whatnot that is clearly centering black folks it feels as if those shows are not getting the same opportunities as their white counterparts. Uh, and I'm not going to be one who's going to argue with you and say, Black Lightning was the best show ever, this and that. No, definitely not. Because I can side with you with a lot of critiques about the show. However, there is this constant state of... I don't know, fairy tale, again, lack of a better term, where things that are black 
and black centered and I'll even throw POC in there because I have not seen a lot of um, show centering different races but when it comes to black things it's not given the opportunity to be mediocre like some of the white counterparts now hear me when I say this there are tons of shows that I've watched with predominantly white cast where I've enjoyed them hell I grew up watching TV TV has just started changing in the last 10 years or so. Um, I bring this up because as much, as many, as much as many, as many, hmm, what words? For as many fantastic, phenomenal shows, be it comedy, drama, suspense, thriller, whatever, that have a predominantly white cast, there are those that are mediocre. And they're just, you know, still just fun things to watch. But I think when it comes to black programming, you have to carry the weight of blackness on your shoulders to the point where even if you're not this phenomenal groundbreaking show, it's like, oh, it's not doing these numbers or it's not like it should be allowed to still be there. Um, And that's something that I feel like the 4400 was just kind of set up predominantly black and brown and marginalized folks and it could very well be just that cw didn't have the funds or the show just didn't have the numbers or it could be something legitimate but you got to look at the optics when you have shows that are predominantly black and brown and so forth and you know marginalized and disabled and all that and then they don't get the opportunity to continue to find their footing to be great to be greater rather but you have shows like Riverdale, which is still running. I believe they're in season six, and next season, season seven, will be their final um, will be their final season. But the fact that this show has gotten to seven, six seasons, and the promise of a seventh, but you cancel the forty four hundred, you cancel Black Lightning, you cancel. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm. You know, perception is reality, but my God, it's just like, Riverdale is a bonkers-ass show. And I'm not even mad, like, kudos to the cast crew and everybody over there. Get that money, get that money, make that check, make the wildest-ass show you possibly can. But again, that show, which I mean, do I need to do a whole nother podcast? Because, okay, quick aside, my gripe with Riverdale has has consistently been the quality of the show there was a young man on tiktok who made the argument that riverdale has always been a riverdale show people saying oh it's not like the comics this and that and they've had zombies and superheroes and all this other stuff and that like i, I think he's 100 percent right my issue when it comes to riverdale is not that those things are untrue it's the fact that that's not what was promised to the viewer When I saw the solicits and I saw the ads and the promos for Riverdale Season 1, it was introduced as a gritty, dark reboot of the fun-lovable characters from yesteryear. That's what they gave us in Season 1. You gave us the murder mystery, the down-home gritty, whatever. I have no issue with you doing zombies or the kids now run a malt shop that's a speakeasy underneath the old whatever like all this random stuff my thing is it's not good it's not quality that's the problem the continuity is off and how it always has been it's 
it's things that are not content. It's not the content. I could care less about if they have dinosaurs, if they play basketball with the Globetrotters, or if they're on stage with Beyonce. If the show is good, and not even good, not even good, because I like a good trashy, low budget, not great show. But the thing is, you weren't even respecting the continuity of the show that you put out. Like one episode, one thing can happen, and literally the next episode, something entirely different happens, and we're just overlooking this. Oh, so and so just killed the mayor. Sure, that's okay. Let's go open up a Starbucks with this person and let them run the town for a while. Like it was just so. I don't know, but I digress. That person was not wrong about the Riverdale being the Riverdale of the comics, but I will go so far as to say that it just wasn't a quality show. And for that to get six to seven seasons to just be ass backwards and off the wall crazy, why in the hell couldn't 4400 get another season? Why in the hell couldn't Black Lightning get an actual fifth season that they were alluding to? What, like, is it this deal or whatever's going on with CW losing money and all? It was like, oh, again, I digress. I came to really enjoy uh, the CW the CW 4400 cast. Um, I don't know. It just it was a fun time. I'm glad it happened. It's unfortunate that the that the show was not renewed. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? You, the listener, were you a fan of some of these CW shows? Did any of your favorite shows or shows you enjoyed get canceled? Um, let's kind of, let's make this a conversation. I, I don't know. Like, I'm very excited for some of the things that, that are going on, but then to see this happen, it's like... I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for it, but that's neither here nor there. Did any of your shows make the cut? You know, do you have some show? Because I think All American and All American Homecoming were kept on and, re- and renewed. Uh, and I tried my hand at All American Homecoming, but even that, and it's full blackity black ass melanated, clearly visibly black cast. I just couldn't. I couldn't hang. I tried. That show is something that I would probably put on and just kind of half playing in the background just to see some beautiful people on screen whenever I look up or if I'm cleaning or whatnot. It, I don't know. But then again, you know, I don't think I was the target audience either. So it is what it is. But they, they were doing some things with representation that made me want to watch a bit further. I did do one episode and I'll link that as well, the All-American Homecoming episode. That'll be in the show notes. I'll link this episode as well. Carefree Black Nerds, Season 9, Episode, Issue 97.5, Selling CW, where I go through an article or a tweet thread that was tweeted out by, I believe, Deja. I believe that's the person's name. And it was just about CW them possibly selling, them having not made any money like forever in a day about building the backs of their programming or their popularity off of WB and UPN and how networks tend to do that. You cater to the black uh, audience to get your numbers and your foot in the door and then once you've secured a particular spot, it's like you turn on the audience that brought you this notoriety and, and fame to begin with. So... 
whatever my thoughts are in that episode so i'll link that as well now to the meat and potatoes why everyone should be watching tom swift so what does a genius inventor do when he's not inventing find out who killed my dad someone to sabotage my ship they take out anyone who's in their way that's a lot i'm tom swift let's go we shouldn't go alone calling the brave i've got this this is an article that was posted on May 24th of 2022 on BlackSciFi.com. That will also be linked in the show notes. I would love it. Absolutely love it if you all would go through, give it a read, share it, and uh, let me know your thoughts. Use that hashtag, I don't know, Tom Swift, CBN or CBN Tom Swift, I don't know. Just share it with me. Uh, my Twitter handle is CarefreeBlurred. So... I was able to write a piece on Tom Swift. This uh, CW had a press day, had a press day for um, Tom Swift for the cast. It was a wonderful little virtual press event. And I have to say this cast, this alone is things mother so-and-sos are beautiful. I mean everybody, and I'm look. I don't even everybody. <laughs> now, after I talked all this stuff about a CW show having a particular look and this, then the third, or whatever, I don't care. I'm 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 doubling down on this. Tom Swift has a beautiful cast, rich in shades, body types, um, mannerisms. Uh, brain brain what <laughs> i don't know like um brain stuff i don't know whatever how they can compute and whatnot it's a tech show but i think that whoever did the casting did a phenomenal job like honestly and truthfully i think everyone on this show even I don't like even the extras that I saw. They were very attractive, and not that your desirability is you know gives you much worth or whatnot. But I just bring it up because this is a show that is a first of its kind. Black, queer, tech billionaire on network TV, just out and about living his life, and to have so many different types of representation. Focused on and amplify whose experiences are amplified in this show. It's just, oh my God, it's freaking phenomenal. I already know, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have crushes on like 12 of the cast members. <laughs> so when you see me on Twitter tweeting through, tweeting through my, my uh, digital crush, don't mind me. <laughs> so... There is trans representation, there are queer relationships, there's um, dealing with grief, there's dealing with identity, there's dealing with, I'm going to say, a lot of, um, a lot of things that I think a lot of people will take something from. I think that this show is one that, truthfully, everyone needs to watch. I say that because this show is just like every other show. And and hear me out when I say this. 
this but black every, every show but black this show is about a tech billionaire this is about somebody who has love situations hookup situations they had deal with grief they deal with having responsibility uh thrusted upon them maybe not living up to that figuring out mysteries um gathering a team together dealing with people with different specialties um b plots c plots all the plots like it's a show that you would get anywhere but the difference being it centers black and black gay and black queer people um there are scenes that tom has where i'm just so excited at the idea not even the scenes just the idea that this is something that's going to be on television this show where this visibly black this ain't no racially ambiguous person this is a dark-skinned wide-nosed curly-haired or 4c-haired um black features having man is on screen and is able to have a love interest have a sexual interest have his sexuality not be the the plot his love life not be the b plot or the c plot on some you know straight person's story he's able to exist in this space where you are this bruce wayne genius detective techie person uh, but you can also have a kiss with this guy and it not be, oh, this weird thing or this very special gay episode. And I know there are shows out there that deal with this. Hell, even web-based, purely web-based indie stuff, it's out there. And I never wanted to seem as if I'm I'm ignoring the space that indie creators have occupied when it comes to these shows and these projects and this ip but i focus on this in cw because a lot of networks are not doing this um and listeners if there are any shows out there on any other network where there is this black gay lead and their sexuality isn't the focus it's just a part of who they are let me know tweet me carefree blur please do but with this one in particular because we have so many streaming services so that's nothing you can turn on a streaming service by accident and see some stuff but this is like a network show and i always go back to this like fictional i don't know young adult in iowa (laughs) who has these feelings or is not able to express themselves are not able it's not no ain't able to express themselves in the way that they that makes them comfortable or deals with the shame of like oh is this something that i should be doing or i should be feeling when uh, I, i don't know but another reason i think that this is so important is because you get so much hypocrisy when it comes to heterosexual people discussing queer representation if we look back at bel-air check out the prince of fresh podcast i did with cole jackson where we discussed every episode of peacock's bel-air now 
link that as well. <laughs> and when spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, when Ashley had an interaction that suggested that I'll say this, she is um, not straight, not heterosexual. I say that because we don't know what's going on. She could be pan, she could be bi, she could be a lesbian, she could, you know, but she could be a number of things, or she could just fall back on just, hey, I'm a heterosexual person. Um, I bring that up because the way in which they handled her storyline was very tasteful. She had a crush. She acted on that crush. Um, and then the crush wasn't reciprocated and she had some heartache. But the very idea of this girl, because I think she's 12 in the show. I think she's 12. I'm going to say 12 because I know she's not like 8 and she's not 16. I'm going to say 12 because Carlton was, uh, is Carlton a junior? And that puts him at 16. So I'm going to say she's 12. I think she's 12. So the thing that bothered me most was that in the episode either prior or maybe two episodes prior, Ashley went to a friend's house, this little young boy, um, little Hispanic boy, and him and some friends were at his house and they were like watching cartoons or something. And she asked about someone, which we later found out was the young lady she was uh, had a crush on. And when she went over to the young boy's house, they were sitting on the couch. They were just kids just sitting on the freaking couch. And I think right before Jeffrey walked in, if I'm remembering correctly, the young boy put his arm around Ashley's shoulder. Some kind of way was very explicitly shown that he liked her and was into her and like physically acted on that in a way that was appropriate for kids. He put his arm around her shoulder. Then when we get the reveal that Ashley has a crush on this girl, oh my God, the resounding homophobia laced in worrying about the kids. Oh, the kids. We don't want the kids. Oh my, I was like, are we ignoring the fact that this young boy put his arm around her shoulder and that was a-okay? There was no outrage. There was no, oh, my God, I can't believe the kids, they can't see this. Additionally, this Fresh Prince on Peacock is very much, now it's not a hard and edgy, extremely dark, gritty reboot, but it's definitely a reboot, and it's not for children. Like, a kid could watch it, I'm sure, but this ain't for kids. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I say all this to say, Tom Swift occupies this space on network TV where it is normal and regular to be a gay, queer, trans, whatever person of any marginalized identity and fucking exists. And not only exists, exists and not exist solely as the token gay person, not exists as your trauma that is supposedly there, not exists as this deviant person not exist as this stereotype and you're able to fucking have gadgets and go on stakeouts and have a love interest and also dress up in fine gowns and suits and it's just a regular freaking show where black queer and other marginalized people can just fucking exist on the show 
this is what I want you all to take from it. And it's, I know I'm more than likely preaching to the choir with my audience since representation is the hill I live and die by. But in the off chance that someone is listening who has a, I don't know, conniption when gay people or queer people or lesbians or trans folks just fucking exist on your TV screens, understand that people are real. You seeing two gay men share a kiss in the exact same length, angles, camera work as their heterosexual counterparts in the show prior does not make you gay. It does not negatively affect your DNA. It does not alter your own being. And mm, I don't want to get to ranting (laughs) because y'all know how I do. But I just, I think it's very important because we're not only getting gay folks and black folks just existing and being themselves and having their stories told, but we're also getting this trans identity. We're getting these different spaces that are not always thought of first. We're getting these people who are a lot of times thrown in as decoration to, you know, another show or in service to this other cast of people or just relegated to the side. And like, this is just, they're, they're here. We're filling this diversity quota. And that's not what you're getting with Tom Swift. And that's why I think that everyone should be watching this show to see a freaking good show. And even in the event that you don't like the show, I, I what I would want to know is, what I would ask, rather, is that you investigate why you don't. Now, if you're like, oh, the writing sucks, or I don't like the costuming, or I don't know, whatever. Like, I suspect there is going to be backlash for this show simply existing, but much like with any other thing when it comes to representation, I honestly don't give a fuck. Motherfuckers gonna be mad and upset and angry to the day they die behind some shit and they'll label it as this snowflake, this social justice, this and that, when it's purely, it's people just fucking existing. The argument that, oh, this gay stuff, you know, kids being exposed to this and they're being this gay stuff, this really didn't, you know, been coming on the last such and such year. No, gay people, trans people, queer people, lesbians, all that have been around forever in a day. It's just now that these people are able to be in the writer's rooms. They're able to do the costume designing. They're able to direct their own show. They're able to show this experience to the world. And so, so much so that now it's on network TV and in your face. Um, another thing I do want to harp on, and it's something that is mentioned in the article, but I want to mention it here and I've mentioned it before. I get sick and tired (laughs) of asking the same question every year, but I'm going to ask it every single year. Are there any black gay couples in Marvel or DC? Those are, that's the big two that are in a relationship and they are visibly black on panel and in these books. And every year the answer is no. Every year there may be one or two black folks and they have a partner that is not black or they are a very 
racially ambiguously drawn where it could be, you know, to a motherfucker who's brand new to the book and property and everything, you don't know if this person, Sam, Mark, Tom, John, or whatever, if what they are, they're just colored a bit lighter. You know, they're not white, but you don't know what this person is. And that gets so tiring. Like, that is the most frustrating thing, whatever. But that being said, me having asked that question every year for like the past eight or nine years and getting the same answer is why you have watched this damn show. You're getting visibly black gay characters who are able to be in love with, have relationships with, have sex with, be physical with, be in the space of hold hands, hand on the shoulder, whatever, of other black gay people. And that, ugh. Ooh, that right there is a reason why everybody needs to watch this. Because not only are you getting this fun, fantastic, great spy espionage show, you're getting it from the lens of a black queer person. You're getting it from the lens of marginalized people who have not been centered in these stories before. You're getting it on network TV, so it's very accessible. You, I don't know. At this point, <laughs> I am a broken record. I just want you guys to read the article. Let me know. If it convinces you to check out Tom Swift, were you not going to watch it before? And now you're like, oh, maybe I will. Did it stop you? <laughs> Did you read it and say, oh, hell no. I'm not watching this shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I do want you guys to check out that article. It will be linked below. It is why everyone should be watching Tom Swift. Shout out to BlackSciFi.com. Please check it out. Now... Do this. When you read the article, share it online, especially if you're on Twitter, and use the hashtag DTSPod. Why? You knew it was coming. I will be putting on a Tom Swift podcast. Join me and Marcus, a.k.a. Lucas Deuce, on Twitter, doing some live tweets on Tuesdays and then check us on Thursdays for the live stream. We're going to go over the show, discuss it, discuss the show from a black queer perspective. Like what more would you want? If I watched a show about, I don't know, um, Asian um, ice cream shop owners in Canada, if I found a podcast that was by some Asian Canadian ice cream consumers or owners, I'm definitely going to tune in because what what did they get right and what did they get wrong? What is your opinion, Asian ice cream owner in Canada? <laughs> so please, please check us out. Hit the uh, Twitters. Loose as a deuce. That is Marcus's handle and Carefree Blurred is mine, of course. And yeah, that'll be linked in the show notes as well. So we'll be coming at you Tuesdays with some live tweeting on there, getting them thoughts out. Use that hashtag DT. S pod uh and then check us on Thursdays <clears throat> for on YouTube uh I think Facebook and oh is that it yep YouTube and Facebook <laughs> for the live tweet those links will be uh shot out um throughout the week on Twitter and I think I'll add those links to this 
these show notes because this episode is going up before any of that takes place um and i'll kind of double back and put those in here for those of you listening in the future but check those out we have a podcast decoding tom swift yeah that's going to be a lot of fun so welcome to the tom swift suite and this has been my time you all thank you so much for joining me on this ride on this rant and on this discussion i hope that you got something from it hit me up on twitter carefree blur that is the most immediate way to get in touch with me carefree black and nerd on instagram and all other social media tiktok that's where i've been hanging out to carefree blurred on tiktok as well so carefree blurred on twitter carefree blurred on tiktok check me out follow me follow me follow me follow me follow me life is but a dream (laughs) all right y'all well thank you all for hanging out with me for this time check out me and marcus live tweeting on uh tuesday may 31st is when the official first episode of tom swift drops um check us out that thursday for the live stream and uh the show will be up the on youtube it'll be up on all your podcasting platforms and man until next time stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky and uh stay a gay black billionaire (laughs) <laughs> All right, y'all.